Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This is a story of someone that I knew and had to cut ties with because, well, he was an absolute psycho. The first half will be to add context as to why I cut him off, and the second half is what makes this story really creepy. So, it all started about four years ago when I was living in a friend's house while attending a nearby university. It was myself, my friend, his sister, and their parents. Roughly about two weeks into staying there, my friend's sister invited her boyfriend to live in the house too, and by all accounts he was a pretty cool guy at first, very sociable and full of great stories. We often sat around the table for drinks or talked about life having a smoke in the garden. Within the first month, however, as he started to get comfortable, cracks started to show in this veneer. He would rant about government conspiracies, how he was always a a wronged party. He was big into like Sigma male stuff and martial arts and he did have a temper as well. He had this big dog that he always kept in a cage that was extremely violent when he wasn't around. The dog actually attacked his girlfriend and had to be put down. That was when the guilt trips towards her began and the ranting became incessant. About two months later, he had the bright idea to live in a shipping container, mainly because the parents wanted him out, and dragged his girlfriend along for the ride. 
I'm not talking about one of those sort of chic little restoration jobs. This was a rented container in a storage yard among the outskirts of the town that we were living in. He would intimidate and threaten the staff there constantly until they called the police too. This, of course, was another conspiracy. He became increasingly abusive to his girlfriend as well, to the point where the family got involved to get her out of there. I stuck close to them, having to pretend to be on his side until we could safely get her out. They broke up, which he blamed me for, claiming that I was poisoning her against him to make her mine. She has a new partner now, and they're really happy, so it was never about that. We all blocked the Psycho X on everything possible, but he continued to harass them until, eventually, he disappeared. Or so we thought. You see, fast forward to last year, I started to receive messages over social media from several different accounts, blocking each one in turn when I discovered who it was. Some friendly and some hostile. One of these profiles, however, was pretending to be someone that I knew from university. We talked about life and how things were going, and eventually I was invited to a house party, claiming that it was a free house and plenty of people were coming. I booked the time off work, made my travel plans, and kept talking to this friend, coming up to the date of the party. I mentioned it to my friend's sister, and she was interested in going herself, until I mentioned the address, and she panicked. The address in question was a property belonging to the crazy ex's father that was scheduled for sale. I waited until the day of the party and called the police to check the property, claiming that I suspected a break-in. And They found five people there, including the ex, and parked out the front was a butcher's van equipped for food storage and a pretty hefty collection of knives, hammers, and rope. And boy, am I really glad that I didn't go. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing-slash-time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. 
and with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. I live pretty far from, well, anyone, and mostly surrounded by forests. I hunt regularly, and I spend a lot of time outside when not running my business. It was early during the hunting season, and around three in the morning, I was tracking deer prints, and they just stopped, and an uneasy feeling filled me as something compelled me to look up. And when I did, in a tree was the deer, or what was left of it. It was gutted, but not like how a human hunter would have done it, so I decided to just call it there and head back. As I was making my way back to my truck, I really felt uneasy though, and as if I was being watched. I would periodically look back and check with my nods and caught two very big and very high up eyes looking back, followed by a type of deep yell not a roar or a scream, but an actual yell. It didn't sound like a bear or a big cat, but almost like a, a very big man. Well, as you can imagine, I took off running and I didn't look back. It was a four-mile run back to my truck and I didn't stop once. When I made it back and I drove off, I looked in the rearview mirror and saw again something standing silhouetted by the sunrise. When I made it home, I was still shaken up a bit, and I decided to look over my truck. Now, I'm a fairly big guy, standing at 6'6 and weighing about 230, and that was when I noticed that there were handprints bigger than my own hands on my truck. Doing some more investigating, I checked my trail cams and found several offline, and one pointed at the deer hung up in the tree. Now, being someone who's seen a lot of horror movies, and being one not to mess with something that I cannot understand, I never went back to that part of the forest, and eventually decided to move altogether, as at night, I would still hear that yell sometimes. Sometimes my wife would tell me that she felt like someone was watching her from the tree line as well, and being a new parent... I just didn't want to take any chances. I still have no idea what all of that was about, but I'm really glad that we moved. I was somewhere between the age of 10 and 14 when this happened. Growing up, I lived on a very boring street in a middle-class one-story house. My bedroom faced the front veranda, which had a lot of plants on it. Just around the corner and down the hall from my bedroom was a study that was used as a spare room or a computer room. Now, I used to watch TV in that room, and on this particular night, it was very hot, so I had opened the door open to the veranda. There was a thin fly screen with no lock, which we could pull across when the door was open. When I went to bed that night, it was so hot that I kept my bedroom windows and curtains wide open. I was having trouble sleeping and I just laid there staring at the ceiling for some time. But then I heard what sounded like someone walking around on the veranda. The ground was cement pebbles and there was a lot of dirt from the plants there and it made a very distinct sound when you walked on it. 
At first I assumed it was one of my parents, but it was very late at night and that wouldn't have made much sense. So I craned my neck to look at the window and in the dark I saw a gaunt, skeletal, hunched over figure slowly shuffling towards my bedroom window. It made a sort of raspy sound as it shuffled around. I was fairly certain that it couldn't see me, but from the way its head was moving, it looked like it was searching for something. Now, this might sound weird, but despite this fairly creepy thing happening outside of my bedroom window, I still felt somehow safe in the comfort of my bed inside my locked house. But then I realized that I had left the study door open, which meant that all that stood between, well, whatever the heck this thing was, and my house was a thin screen door with no lock. I knew that I had to lock the door in quickly. This thing was almost at my bedroom window and would soon be at the study door. I slid out of bed and crawled on my stomach out of my room and down the hall to the study. And as I reached the door, intending to quickly close it, I suddenly realized my mistake. I would have to open the screen door in order to reach the door to close it. From where I was laying, I could see this thing hunched over and peering into my bedroom window. I think it heard or sensed me laying there because it turned and shuffled over and bent down to where I was laying. I held my breath as this thing put its face against the screen and peered in at me. Its raspy breath sounded like death as well. In the dark, I could make out a part of a face and whatever it was, it looked gaunt, sickly, either very thin or no skin. I couldn't see any eyes or they were simply empty sockets perhaps. I didn't dare move as its face pressed up against the fly screen, seemingly looking right at me. Suddenly though, its face distorted in terror, its eye sockets and mouth opened wide and it just let out this curdling shriek, a shriek that sounded like fear and then it just bolted off into the night. I lay there silently frozen in fear and disbelief over what the heck had just happened and also listening intently to make sure that it was actually gone. As soon as I dared to move, I quickly opened the fly screen and shut and locked that veranda door. I then went back to my room and shut the windows and drew the curtains. I kept peeking through the curtain expecting for it to come back but it never did. Now, I've thought about this encounter ever since then and I've never really been sure what to make of it. I've never told anyone about it either. I didn't know where to begin and I've never really understood why it reacted in fear when it saw me like that. It is still one of the most unexplainable and strangest things that has ever happened to me and I don't know what to think about it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So my family has a house that was custom built for them. 
The house is 15 years old, and I mean, there shouldn't be any paranormal activity, right? Wrong. I've been seeing shadow figures since 12 years old. I've heard voices, scratching on walls and slamming on windows. My room is three stories up, so it had to be coming from inside as well. But there's one experience in particular that I'll never forget. I was getting ready for middle school, walking through our hallway from our kitchen to the front door. I saw a shadow cast by from behind me, but it was still dark outside, so I didn't pay too much mind. But the person must have been between me and the light from our kitchen. I called out everybody's name that lives in the house, but I got no response. At that, I ran to my mum's car and explained to her what had happened. That's when she told me that she has seen them too, and they're apparently only around occasionally. I thought that she was joking at first, until she actively started saying, Hey, there's a shadow by the door, etc. We still have what we like to call visitors. Some seem to be playful, some wander, and some only stop by once. We'll have a period of two to four months where we won't see anything. They usually only stay for like one day to one week. My brother considered himself an atheist until he started seeing figures as well. Now, we're definitely both agnostic. But the only reason that I believe that our house is haunted is because any land that could be considered a burial ground for Native Americans might be here and who knows, unfortunately, we might have built our house on top of one. I recently stayed the night at my childhood home. It's an old house built in the 19th century. I never felt at ease in that house. It's always just had a really eerie vibe to it. When I was 17, my parents told me that they were able to afford this house, mansion, because the previous owners desperately wanted to get rid of it. The reason being is that, unfortunately, their son had hung himself in the attic. Lots of paranormal things have happened to me in that house too, but I'll give you full details of my last encounter. So, it happened last week. I stayed the night there because I had a football game that was close to where my parents were living. I didn't feel like waking up super early, so that's why I held a sleepover in my old bedroom. I went to sleep fairly early, around 10pm or so. Not much later than that. Everything felt pretty normal. I made sure that all the doors were locked. My parents were on a wellness retreat in Germany and my brother moved out a while ago so it was just me in the house at that time. I went to sleep feeling comfortable and quite at ease even though I was cautious given the history of the house. I texted some of my friends goodnight and that was it. The comfortable feeling though suddenly wore off when I was awoken at 3 in the morning because... I heard music playing, but it was muffled. I couldn't hear it clearly, but my first instinct was that it was a car playing music with its windows closed, parked on the street perhaps. I said to myself, I'll give it 10 minutes and the car will pass. But the music was still playing 10 minutes later and I felt annoyed and quite frankly a bit ticked off. I had to wake up early in the morning after all and this was ruining my sleep. 
I walked to my bedroom window to see where the music was coming from, ready to throw a fit at whoever was doing it. I opened my blinds, opened the window to look outside, and that was the exact moment that my stomach dropped, because there was no car, nor was there anyone else outside. I realized then that the music was coming from upstairs in the attic. My parents renovated the attic five years ago and made it into their bedroom. I knew that it had a radio on my mother's bedside. She never used it though. Most of the time it just wasn't even plugged in because she had only one socket and she used it to charge her phone. It was not a new radio by any means. Early 2000s I would guess. My mum held on to it because it was the radio of her departed father and she just couldn't get rid of it. I was freaking out though, I mean, why would these kind of encounters only happen when I was alone at home? I tried calling my parents, but they didn't pick up. My brother didn't pick up either, not surprising since it was three in the morning. I realized that I would have to deal with this situation alone, so I decided to open the door of my bedroom that led up to the hallway. At the end of the hallway, there was a circling stair that led up to the attic, I opened my bedroom door and the music suddenly became louder and I now could clearly hear which music was playing. It was dark organ music. At that, my stomach dropped. In fact, I've never felt so scared as I did then. I didn't want to do this alone. I had one last rescue line that I could call. It was my friend Philip. He played COD with me until the early hours, so he surely was still awake. I called him and explained the situation. He reassured me that it was probably a problem with an electric outlet that had jump-started that radio or something. I felt reassured by his answers and made the walk upstairs to the attic. I was with him on the phone the whole time and I stood in front of the door and I could clearly hear the music now. It was so loud as well. I knew that I had to get in to turn it off, but I was absolutely petrified. Philip reassured me that everything was going to be alright and it was just faulty wiring. I kept telling myself that repeatedly, that it was just faulty wiring as well. Eventually I mustered up the courage and I opened up the door. And as soon as I did, that music immediately stopped. My friend also heard it stop as well. And at that, I instantly ran downstairs, put on all the lights, and watched Trailer Park Boys until 7 in the morning. The next day, I played the worst football game that I had ever played. We lost 7-0. So, to start this, I usually have sleep paralysis at least once every two weeks. I've had it my whole life, so I pretty much am used to it now. I either close my eyes and go back to sleep, or sometimes I can fight it and sort of snap out of it. Anyway, yesterday I checked into my hotel, laid out my clothes, and sat my backpack down on the extra couch hotels usually have. This is pretty much routine for me as well. I left and grabbed dinner, and when I got back I noticed the TV was on. I never turned it on when I first got to my hotel. I didn't really think much of it and brushed it off. I chilled for a while and then fell asleep by 9-ish. 
I woke up randomly at 3 in the morning, but in sleep paralysis again. I was sleeping on my side, and as soon as I opened my eyes, there she was, a random woman sitting on my couch. So elegant looking and the perfect posture, my heartbeat rose and I locked my eyes with her. For some reason, I was scared. I wanted to snap out of my paralysis because I genuinely thought that somebody had broken in or something, but it just seemed a, a little bit off this time. It was just the way that she was sitting and what she was wearing, I guess. All white with her straight long brushed hair looking dead straight. She wasn't moving, just straight up existing, but not existing at the same time. This was the moment that I knew that something was very wrong. My fear grew and I thought that if I snapped out of my paralysis, she would hear me. But when I say that I can snap out of it, I really mean snap my body to the left or right to fully wake myself up. But in the end, I went with the second option. I just closed my eyes and went back to sleep. I woke up at around 6 in the morning and it took me a minute or two to remember what I had seen just a few hours before. I shot up and looked beside my bed, in my bathroom, just anywhere to look to see if she was hiding anywhere. Just because it was daytime and I was not in paralysis, I was ready to kick some butt, I guess. But it wasn't until I saw my couch that caused my confidence to drain pretty quickly. You see, some of my things that I said onside the couch the day prior were suddenly reorganized in a way where one side of the couch was pushed to the other side, but neatly, in a way to where someone could sit on the other side, I guess. I inspected the side where I saw her sitting, and I could immediately tell the difference as there was still an imprint or the cushion being lower than the other, which also means that it was fresh. Whoever she was, she had been sitting there, for quite some time. So to begin, I would appreciate any input as to what you think this could have been. Whether you believe it was a person or something paranormal, I would really just appreciate any input at all. So on Tuesday, my best friend S and her roommates, T and J, were talking about our old high school at some point. Our school was built on top of a burial ground and several students who have gone to that school there have passed away tragically, unrelated to the school. And well, they decided to break in at 3 in the morning to explore what the school was like now. We're 20, so we graduated only two years ago. Jay was scared and didn't want to go inside, so she stayed in my friend's car in the driver's seat in case they all needed to leave quickly. S and her other roommate T decided to jump the gate and go exploring. They thought that the energy seemed kind of scary, but they were too curious and kept walking. They reached this one classroom in the back, and that's when my friend looked inside. She said the lights in the hallways were red, and when she looked into the classroom, she said that she saw a black silhouette of a person in the classroom close to the door. She said that even though she couldn't make out a face, she felt that it was watching them. She grabbed T and told her calmly that they needed to leave because someone was there, and they sprinted back to the car and they all left. They then went to our old middle school to see what it looked like now, 
They couldn't get in because the gates were locked, so Jay asks S if she wants to get back into the driver's seat, since it's her car and S declines. Jay pulls out and leaves. It's about 3.30 to 3.45 in the morning at this point. As she pulls out and starts driving back to their apartment, they see these two white blinding lights coming towards them. They couldn't tell if it was a car since the lights were so bright, but two seconds later they realized that it was a wrong way driver coming at them at about 80 miles an hour, and Jay was able to swerve around it last second as the car just zoomed straight past them without realizing. Luckily, they saw cops pulled over on the side of the road ahead. They told the cops and they immediately dispatched someone to go follow the car and find where they were. They were silent for the rest of the night because of how terrifying the experience was. But the scary part is that last week, a girl who just graduated from our high school was driving up to Maryland for Thanksgiving with her parents to visit her brother, who happened to be in our grade, and they swerved into the southbound lane and died in a head-on collision. S was telling her roommates about it right before they left the middle school and almost died. She is 100% convinced that she saw a person at the school but isn't sure if it was a real person or something else. Our school doesn't have late security or cleaners or anything and I'm not sure why but when she told me the story I felt a strong gut feeling that it was something else. The night just felt too perfectly lined up as well. I mean, the whole thing was really weird. I do believe that humans are scarier than anything paranormal, but my gut just tells me that she encountered something else and that the events that transpired throughout the night were somehow related to it. But again, if anyone could give any input or insights as to what this could have been, then I would really appreciate it. Thanks. So, before I get into this story, I would like to affirm that everything said is 100% real. In the following months, I've been trying to debunk this in any way possible, but I've been unsuccessful. This story takes place in Charleston, South Carolina, specifically Isle of the Palms, during a family vacation in September of 2023. We stayed in a rental home that... I won't name for privacy or potential legal reasons. Just a few steps away from the ocean, though. I shared a room with my mother, which had two twin-sized beds. And to start off, the moment that we arrived at this vacation home, the door slammed shut by itself, almost smashing my grandmother's hand. Now, this could be explained by the door being heavy, I guess, but... That doesn't explain why every night we stayed at this location, the doors would open and close themselves. It didn't matter if the doors were locked, had stuff in the way, etc. The main culprit of the door opening and closing was my bedroom door. And I was sick at this time and had a very poor sleep schedule, so I would usually stay up at really odd hours anyway. My mother was staying in the same room as me and she would lock the door every night, so I didn't make any noise to wake her up. Without fail, however, that door would always slam open. I would close it again, then an hour or so later, it would slam open again. This even happened right in front of me a few times as well, which really freaked me out. Please note too that the opening and closing was not limited to that one door. 
Every door in the place would do this, just mine was more prevalent than the others, I guess. For example, my grandparents' room opened just a creak and stopped the second that I looked at it. But anyway, at around our fifth day of our stay, I was pretty tired after returning from a large dinner. I decided that it would be best to try and take a short nap while the rest of my family went out to the beach for a while. This would turn out to be a huge mistake. Everyone left one by one and I could hear the large door open and close as each person left. The house was quiet for around 30 minutes. I had not yet fallen asleep but I had covered my head in a blanket, something that usually helped me to fall asleep in the day. After a short time under this blanket, I felt what I can only describe as a depression in the bed. A very distinct sensation of someone sitting with their hands on each side of their body. Keep in mind, this is a very small twin-sized bed. If there were one of my family members, I would be able to feel them brush against my body. However, the only thing that I felt was the indentations on the bed. From what I could tell, it felt like a small woman sitting down. Not a lot of weight, but just enough to definitely be able to feel them sitting next to me. They said nothing, did nothing, didn't even move. And this shocked me, obviously. After a few minutes, whatever it was making the indentation on the bed seemed to stand up and just leave. I did end up falling asleep after this by some miracle. However, my fever had gotten much worse at this point as well. And that's pretty much it. Please do let me know if you have any ideas or similar experiences. I would say that I'm more of a skeptic, but honestly, this was kind of crazy to me. If anyone has any questions, then I'd be happy to answer, but like I said, I've been racking my brain over this for some time now, and I really just cannot explain this. A few years back, I, a 23-year-old female, was driving home after taking my dad to the airport for a late flight. It was already dark when I left the airport and I still had a three-hour drive home ahead of me. A few hours into the drive, I get recalculated to some windy backroad highway. There were no cars or streetlights and so it was a pretty dark and creepy road. As I turned a curve, I noticed a black car come out of nowhere and start to ride my bumper, then the blue lights. The road was so dark that I had to drive for a minute to find a spot with at least a few small lights where I could pull over. The officer came up to my window and asked me if I knew that my tags were expired. I thought that that was kind of odd because I was driving my mum's car and she's usually pretty on top of things like that. But it was more so the way that he talked that made me uneasy, I guess. He was speaking pretty fast, like he was in a hurry or something. He's standing at my window, and before he even gets my license or registration number, his radio beeps and he tells me that he has to go on another call. He then practically runs back to the car and speeds off. I head back home, half weirded out and half thanking God that I didn't get a ticket. I kind of brush it off until I go outside to my car the next day and... I find that my tags were not due to expire for at least another two months. It could have been a simple mistake, I get that, but I couldn't help but recall how 
weird the whole incident was. I mean, he could have misread the number. That's possible, I guess, but looking back, I wonder what could have happened if he was someone with bad intentions. Was it just a mistake, or was he a fake cop that was trying to lure people out of their car or something? From then on, I always pull over only in the well-populated areas, and if a safe option is unavailable, I call 911 to make them aware. Because something tells me that there was just not something right about that whole situation. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.